0: Hello and welcome to this month's Archimedes podcast. As you're all aware, because you're listening to this podcast, Archimedes is the evidence-based section of the Archives of Diseases of Childhood, which, on a roughly monthly basis, presents clinical questions and the best evidence-based answers to those, those clinical questions being derived from real clinicians working in real, proper paediatric practice. Now, This month has got two clinical questions and a critical appraisal note that derives from those questions themselves. You'll remember that evidence-based medicine is the process of taking a clinical question derived from everyday clinical practice, going looking for the evidence, appraising that evidence, applying it in practice and then on a continuous professional development type basis assessing your performance and see how well you've done this time. Well, this time, we have a group from Cardiff in Wales, um, Drs. Redmond and Powell, who look at the issue of acute asthma. Their particular case is of a six year old who presents with acute asthma and really needs some steroid, but his mum is concerned because she's very, very difficult to get to take medicines. And you were wondering dexamethasone, which is a steroid that's also been used in asthma rather than the more common prednisolone medicine has, in your vague recollection, been used for shorter courses and is certainly used for croup in your department. And so, later on, you go and do a search for the evidence. Well, Redman and Powell have scoured the electronic databases and come up with a potential 82 articles, which they cut down to six randomised controlled trials. These included a very large trial for paediatrics of 682 patients, a couple of between 1 and 200, another of 90 or so, and then a couple of small ones of around 30 and 40 patients. They all compared dexamethasone with prednisolone, um, mostly comparing a five-day course of prednisolone against a much shorter course of dexamethasone, and three of the trials using intramuscular dexamethasone and three using oral. Even with that heterogeneity, that mixedness of the trials the studies found remarkable similarities in the readmission, admission or asthma score rates depending on what they were measuring between the two groups with really very little to tell them apart. It would look, from summarising the evidence that dexamethasone is as good as prednisolone not necessarily better, not necessarily worse but there is some uncertainty around whether it's as good orally as it is intramuscularly as the larger studies used IM rather than PO medicines. What does this leave us to do in clinical practice? Well, I think it gives us a good choice in those individuals where compliance or where getting the medicine into them might be troublesome. We can reasonably use dexamethasone instead of prednisolone in the treatment of acute severe asthma. The second report is from Drs. Creasy and Findlay in Bath, um, just over the water from Cardiff in Wales. Now, this group are working in community paediatrics and are faced with a common situation of the parents of a child with a long term condition, in, in this case autism, coming in and asking about a treatment that they've heard about. And this could either be from the the local community of support groups or often off the internet, forums and chat rooms. In this particular instance, the issue that's been raised is in a child with autism and sleep disturbance, do weighted blankets have a positive effect on sleep? Again, Using the standard EBM approach that was turned into a searchable question and they went out and they looked at Cochrane and Medline and the nursing database CINAHL and came up with no results that were relevant. The idea of using a weighted blanket or using a weighted vest is said to be that by providing deep pressure through proprioception this promotes the production of neurotransmitters modulating the central nervous system and then producing a different way of processing sensory information and then decreased anxiety, decreased arousal and then allowing the child to go to sleep. There is no good evidence for this. There is no published evidence for this. But parents, support groups and the National Autistic Society have suggested that some children respond well to this. What can we do as paediatricians? What can we do When we're faced with what is advertising in some cases, such as websites selling these things, having quotes from parents apparently suggesting that they've worked well for their child. There's certainly no clear evidence of harm from a weighted blanket or a vest. There's certainly no evidence of great benefit. Indeed, in this instance, there is a trial ongoing, it appears, within the UK, looking at the effects of this on sleep and behaviour. But until that point, what can we do as paediatricians? The group from Bath suggests that just outlining that is the way forwards and allowing the parents to make their own choice. And certainly that fits with what I would leave is the correct approach to evidence-based medicine. You see, I don't think it's that uncommon that we try to practice evidence-based medicine but don't have any evidence, any E, to go with it. It's not just about chronic long-term conditions. It's not just about children with disabilities. There are loads of our paediatric clinical questions that do not have decent evidence. If it doesn't produce evidence, then what can we do? Well, we can kick off and we can say, right, We need to make a trial. We need to design some research. We need to get an answer to that. And that's great, but it doesn't help the patients who are in front of us while we're going through the process of ethics, funding, acquisition of a trial protocol, finding a statistician to run everything for us, and then collecting all the data over the course of months and years. Whilst we're doing that, what we probably should do is, as the BATH group suggests, outline what we know, outline what we don't know, and help... Our families, help our children, help our young people to come to a question based on the best available evidence and their own particular preferences and wants. See, that's the beauty of evidence-based medicine. It's the best available evidence combined with clinical expertise and patient preferences and applying that in everyday practice. That's Archimedes' podcast for this month, and we hope to be speaking to you again next month with some more reports on evidence-based medicine in action. If you've got a clinical query or question that you've answered, then pop onto the website, find our instructions to authors and submit it through, or join in one of the blog debates, or follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at ADC BMJ. We look forward to hearing from you soon.